You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. That one up the middle and through. Tucker is in with the tying run. Here comes Reynolds. He will score. And Mr. Walkoff does it again. Kevin Newman is the hero. And the Bucks walk-off winners today. Twins lost a game yesterday in unnecessary fashion. We will break that down like it's a football game, as we've been doing with all of these Twins games. The, the Wild lost as well, but the most important thing on today's episode, action movie rewind, The Fast and the Furious. Oh, I'm so pumped. Judd's first ever viewing of The Fast and the Furious. We'll get into that. But a quick thank you to Luther Brookdale Toyota. And uh, you can find all kinds of new 2020 models right now at uh, 694 Brooklyn Boulevard. 2020 RAV4s, Camrys, Corollas. And you can lease for under $200 a month, Corollas and Camrys. You can get into a RAV4 for 249 a month or 1.9% financing for 60 months. So some great things happening on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. LutherBrookdaleToyota.com if you want to snoop around. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Tune on white, no crust, right? I don't know. How is it? Every day for the last three weeks, you've been coming in here and you've been asking me how the tuna is now. It was crappy yesterday. It was crappy the day before. And guess what? Hasn't changed. I'll have the tuna. No crust? No crust. Oh, man. (laughs) I am so excited to discuss this movie. It's been almost 20 years since the first Fast and the Furious movie came out. Now there's like, what, 10 of them? Is it 10? I saw it in theaters as like a nine-year-old. Yeah. I'm not sure if that needs to be and seen the names, by a nine-year-old. And the name's been changed, right? The franchise name? It's, uh, it was, the, there, fa- there, the, it was the Fast and the Furious, but then and now the franchise is just Fast Furious, Fast well, and Furious? Well, there's, there's, there's movies and there's, wow. there is Fast and Furious. There's an education that needs yeah, to happen we'll, here. We'll get into it. I was yeah. doing some research of the franchise, and let's just say that I saw that there had been an evolution of how this yeah. uh, thing had gone. Instead of instead of just calling it Fast and the Furious 2, 3, yes. 4, they have sort of tweaked each name, right? So mm-hmm. it's Too yes. Fast, Too Furious. I have so many questions. Fast, so, so. fast five. 5. I have a right. lot of questions Sorry. about <laughs> follow-ups that I will never watch unless I'm mandated to, but anyway. What? Okay, we'll get into it. We'll Got get into it. We'll oh, save, no, save, there's, save, other, save. there's other folks. Save it, save it, save it. Okay. Yeah. All right, so... Uh, the, 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 yeah, you know you know the Twins are really, really good, and the Twins have something special going when you're just, like, floored and shocked that they lose a game. And and, and so let's, let's break this thing down like it's a football game. Football. I will say, blowing a three-run lead and then blowing a subsequent... Uh, was it a one-run lead, I guess, with Taylor Rodgers? Two-run Two-run lead, lead and then Romo. a one-run lead, yes. One-run lead with, yes, with Rodgers. to blow the hole, yes. To blow those leads against that team with that bullpen and this lineup is inexplicable. It is terrible. Love, Everybody should be fired. You don't love Jared Dyson? And the season should be canceled. You're not a big Jared canceled. Dyson guy? 
It's, Ger- it's Gerard Dyson. Gerard Dyson, whatever. And he he's hasn't been good for four years. He's very, very fast. <laughs> Everyone should be fired. Every good thing I've ever said about this bullpen, I take back. Oh, wow. And Taylor Rogers should be DFA'd. And Tyler Duffy should pitch all the bullpen innings. That's right. Are Football. You, are you done? In all seriousness, I am a little perturbed and annoyed by that loss yesterday. That was an unnecessary loss. It's like it's almost like they've been playing the Pirates all week. You know what? They were up three nothing and they were in cruise control, and then they fell asleep in the last two innings. That's what it felt like to me. That defeat is easier to take if, at the same time, you were watching the Wild not score a five on five goal God. again. It was much easier to take well, the Twins' failure in Pittsburgh while watching the Wild get shut out in Game Three. So you see, the key was you, you should have gone up. The regular Fox Sports North, Phil. So the Fox Sports North Plus programming didn't bother you as much. Actually, you know what I did to make myself feel better about all of these things? I just went over to ESPN and watched my guy Tiger Woods post his first ever round under 70 in a major opening round since 2014, preparing himself for major victory number 16 Good for Tiger. Good for Tiger. That's how I get San Francisco, right? That's the site of it the is beautiful uh, PGA? location. Yep, beautiful for location. Twenty fourth after round one. Uh, he's t- it was tied for twentieth after round one. Oh yeah, players are playing as we're recording. So sorry. Yep, which is good. There's like 150 players. Yeah, and he's a couple shots off the lead. Look at you two spinning it differently. I'm mm-hmm. enjoying yeah. this. Yeah. One of you very negative. <laughs> one of you way too positive. So. <laughs> Anyways, uh, how much are you panicking off that Twins loss to the Pirates yesterday? Break I don't like football. You know, it's a 60 game season, so I guess I should be disturbed. Um, and the Pirates absolutely positively suck, and I think embrace sucking. And all of that being said. I'm not that bugged by it. Now, if this became a semi-regular occurrence of 2020, I guess I would be. But um, I'm not that bothered by it. I, I I do have sort of a question here, and this is not to uh, pivot against this guy, but I'm curious, I guess a little bit, by how much they're using and feeling in a bullpen that's got a lot of good components, Phil Mackey. Sergio Romo. That's a fair criticism. And it's not that he's bad, but I'm, when I look at Duffy's stuff and you're up by two runs going into the eighth, and then you're up by one after Sergio comes in and gives up the run, uh, I'm a little bit confused as to why Tyler Duffy isn't throwing in the eighth of that game because he's just dominant now. And if I was afraid, oh, my God, I've thrown him way too much and I'm going to ruin Tyler Duffy's arm, that would be a conversation, but I'm not concerned about that. So the Romo component to this is starting to um, surprise me a little bit. Um, I'd have to go back. I know Duffy pitched two days ago. Would yeah, that have, he, would he that have been, been two Duffy's, consecutive days. It wouldn't have been three, though, right? No. So like, like, he was available for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the logic in that spot is also it's the Pirates. And so if you can give sure. Duffy an extra day's rest and have him just available for two of the three weekend games, yeah. you probably do I'm that. I'm just looking for a, a, a nit to pick. I actually – I don't – Honestly, I'm not gonna. I don't take issue at all with anything like Rocco Baldelli, uh, Rocco Baldelli did with the bullpen. I'm not gonna sit here and say, "Well, you should have gone to." No, you could have literally thrown any of your relievers out there against the Pirates, and I would have said, "Just hold a two run lead. Just don't lose it. Just hold a two run lead. Don't walk. Don't, don't walk the lead off guy." Mm-hmm. Uh, and if then he's still second, third. Now Taylor Rogers, in fairness, it wasn't like those guys went bombs away on him. No. The game winning single was a seeing eye bleeder up the middle. The infield was drawn in. Uh, even the double down the left field line was just kind of like a bouncing ball. That that in, if, in fact, if Josh Donaldson's the third baseman, does he make that play? I'd have to go see. Why it, is it, why is Adrian's? Uh, I think I I know the answer to this question, but just to start the conversation, 
Why is Adrianza not guarding the line in that case too? Because because doesn't doesn't the ability to take away the double potentially supersede the concern about shifting him toward yeah, shortstop? I would think so, mm-hmm. but it didn't. But they've got. I'm sure they've put more thought into that than me just like flying off the handle mad sure. about that loss. So. But I'm, but I'm talking about playing your odds. Like okay, well, but the, but the odds if he shifted the odds are that he, that the hitter would not. Hit I guess the ball I'm talking about the the odds of worst case outcomes. Uh, because if he is if he's playing no doubles defense in this case, and the guy hits it through where Adrianza would have been shifted, it's a single for sure. If he does what he did, which is gets it down the line, it's a double and becomes a problem. I could also criticize Ken Maeda. I know that the uh, the uh, it was home, Polanco that hit run. the home run, right? Polanco's a good hitter, but. Uh, he hasn't Kent, been until that one. Ken Maeda doesn't necessarily need to give up a. Th- Multi-run. I got another there. one too. Okay. Can we please? Football. Actually, I'm going to start with with a complaint, and then I'm going to transition to a enormous breakdown filled with irony. Okay. Mm. My complaint is this, and honest to God, baseball, uh, just take care of this problem. I've complained about this on this show probably since the day that we started doing it together, Phil. Um, why does CB Buckner get the plate ever? C.B. Buckner, he's a bad home plate. He's awful, but I mean, he is—he's awful. He can't do that job. He doesn't know what a strike is. Yeah, it's really bad. This is not a. This is not a. Well, the electronic strike zone would have perfected it, and C.B. Buckner was trying hard and pretty good. He he can't identify a strike. Yeah, I agree. It'd be like me trying to be behind the plate. He's terrible. (laughs) He's bad. Like Avila got called out on a strike three that was clearly low, like clearly low. Hurls his bat. Buckner knows he's so horse bleep. He doesn't toss him. Josh Bell, exact same thing, gets called, I think, strike one or strike two. is a terrible call. I think it was strike one, okay? Awful call. He strikes out, I think, swinging because he basically said, screw it, I'm just going to swing because if I don't swing, they're going to be called strikes. Josh Bell takes his bat and and heaves it and, like, spikes it into the ground. He doesn't get tossed because Buckner knows he's so horse bleep. Yeah, it must be a weird feeling when you know that you're just totally wrong and have to, and you can't compound it by then ejecting the guy that's right. mad at you for being bad at your job. What a weird conundrum. I'll give you one more observation here, breaking football. baseball down like it's football. Byron Buxton is back. He ripped an absolute yep. laser beam Phil over Matthew. the fence in Phil center Matthew. field. Calm me down. Uh, he also has a double in the last season. He's got a double and then a, uh, on Wednesday and then a home run yesterday. And he is back, and the confidence, him trotting around the bases, thumping yep. his chest a little bit. So uh, Jubb was panicking about Buxton. Buxton clearly heard it, and he has emerged. And I would also put Eddie Rosario into that category. He's now got the slugging percentage over 500 yep. with a home run in that game. So a couple, couple guys coming to life, offensively at least. And you told me to calm down to about Byron, and indeed he played well. And I believe it was in the ninth where he... Flew out to the warning track in left field, and he came very close on that one, too. Yep. So, so he's got yes. it dialed. He's got it dialed. I'm glad to see it, though. But, Elated. But so just one last thing here. because I got one more for you. I got one more for you. Okay. I got one more for you. The irony of what I'm about to say is not lost on me, all right? So I get I get what I'm about to say is going to sound ridiculous, but nonetheless, that doesn't make it untrue. The complaint about Miguel Sano playing third base was not that he had a problem if he got to the ball. Because he's got a cannon for an arm, right? It was his ability to move to his right and left. Because if it went, the ball went to his right or left, I joked that he, at times he would just basically fall down. All right. 
With all of that being said and acknowledging that complaint by me from a summer ago, I think we're seeing another part. And Miguel Sano, to be clear, has not been a disaster of any sort at first base. He's been actually, I think, pretty good. But there's one thing, and he's done it continually, and he did it yesterday, and it led to a guy getting on base. His ability to range to his right, he doesn't understand yet. And this is the type of thing in watching baseball players who get this that we never even contemplate because they're so good. The first baseman basically knowing where the second baseman is. And so at times, taking away the temptation, oh, my God, I should go get that ball to say, no, I should go cover the base because the second baseman will be shifted into the right place to get said ball, right? Yes. Miguel Sano did the same thing again, and he's done this like two or three times now, and and it's worked at times. But he goes, he, he's got decent range to his right, and he uses it, but he submarines the play. And in the case, yesterday, he deflected the ball, and instead of going right to Gonzalez, who I believe was positioned perfectly in shallow right field, it deflected towards the shortstop, ergo base hit, but it's the type of thing that you don't think about when breaking down first base play until you see it botched. Yeah, because at third base, because you're because going to your left at third. Can base, I get the sounder, please? Oh, the football is baseball sorry. sound. Football. Sure, sure. I mean, because I just I took you into the weeds. Going to your left at third base, you always have the green light because it's because your momentum is going toward. Like you would never pass up on a ball that you're moving toward first base on to allow a shortstop moving away from first base to get. So at third base, it's sort of, with some exceptions, but I got anything you. to your left, just go get. And so at first base, you think, well, it's kind of the same thing, right? Anything to my right. No, but you're moving away from first base. So if you don't field it, you're screwed because now you're nowhere to cover the base, and mm-hmm. you're relying on the pitcher to get his ass over there too. But he's thinking you're going to let the second baseman right. get it, and so he's he's going to keep uh, stationary probably on the mound. Correct. So... Um, do you guys think, just one last quick thing here. Football. Was yesterday some sort of reality check slap in the face, or was this just an annoying blip on the radar and this is still one of the two or three best teams in baseball? I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to play the role of you in this conversation and with that question and say this baseball can be random, baseball can be weird. You're going to lose some games. You are playing. God has gi- the one gift that the pandemic has given your team. If you are the twins from God is a schedule that is for the most part filled with cupcakes, right? You're going to lose as much as it might bug us because the pirates are not a big league team. Well, they are, but they're not. Uh, you are going to lose games. In fact, you're going to go to KC now and you might lose one game again. Hopefully you don't lose two. So no, I don't think. I don't think it's a reality check, but I will say with how easy this schedule is going to be that on on day one, potentially, of the first round of the best two of three, there will be Zolgadian trepidation as to what the outcome is going to be with more pressure. And then if they get to the second round, for sure, because I don't think we can answer a fundamentally very important question. How are the Twins going to fare against potentially really good teams? So, yeah, yeah, so the, I'm the, not worried about this. The best team they'll face is the Cubs, right? Yeah. And the Cubs are awesome. Cubs so, are really yeah. good. So they'll, but yeah, they're, they're going mean, to get like a three-game test against but a, that's a really good team. one team. The, my point being is I have more trepidation about how they will fare when they get to the playoffs because they're going there against potentially good teams 
than saying this loss to Pittsburgh upsets me at all. Dex, where are you panicking, or is it just oh, an annoying loss? It's just an annoying loss. It's baseball. It happens a, a little. I was a little upset that it happened against Taylor Rogers because I think Taylor Rogers is one of the best relievers in baseball, and you, and, and you know you never break the chain. I do love his walk up music, uh, but. The Penguins got him. That's what happened. Penguins, excuse me. The Pirates got him. The Penguins, who I am worried about, Steelers, is another. Steelers got to him a little bit. I got, the Penguins are on my mind right freaking now. Freaking Malkin home run. Yeah. And then Crosby came and up and bunted. Crosby in. just, you know, hits into a double play. And, and then Yager, and my then, God, and then comes Zucker in with Lemieux. pops up to the catcher, like classic Zucker. Uh, so, yeah, so I'm, I'm not worried about it at all. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. Yeah, I'm with you guys. It was it was, it was an annoying loss. Like, it's it, a very unnecessary annoying loss. But uh, yeah, it's, I wasn't. it's not more than that. And so tonight, the pitching matchup tonight on this Friday, they, they oh, is it a four game series? They uh, play a three game series, three games, and then okay. they go to the Brewers. Okay, so three games against the Royals this weekend. And is it pronounced Jacob Junis? Sure, Jacob Junis is the starting pitcher. He is not a good starting pitcher. Yep, and he will face the Twins lineup. And this is not an official write that down prediction because it's outside the parameters of the segment. But yep. he's probably going to give up like seven runs tonight to the Twins if he stays in long enough. So this will be a revenge game tonight. A take out your frustration game tonight, and things will be. Danny fun. Duffy tomorrow night for the Royals. He was good a couple. Danny years Duffy ago. Yeah. and then uh, right-handed uh, hurler Brady Singer on Sunday. Oh yeah, and Odorizzi makes his debut. Yes, yes Saturday night. So, that is breaking a Twins game down. Miguel Sano, Miguel Sano, we got to do some work right there. Like it's a football game. All right, you got the Judd's Hockey Show thoughts. The Wild uh, came out of the gates firing in the series, up one nothing. They've now lost two straight. And the uh, the wheels are off the track. So uh, my, my so here here's how I your do. thoughts. The team is screwed. Yeah. Well, here's my thought. Just get the twelve and a half percent at this point. Just get yeah, get the, get the twelve and a half percent for the number one pick. I'm okay with them just going down in game yeah. four and not extending this any longer. But where, where are you guys at here, Declan? You want to start? Uh, this is this game yesterday was classic wild in the playoffs game. Okay, they in my opinion outplayed. Vancouver for the majority of this no. game. They had outchanced them. They couldn't score on a power play. And classic wild, they had no finishers. And even I showed Judd this on on a, on our hockey show after the game yesterday. If you just look at the shot chart map from our friends at Natural Stat Trick, it's a great website. Look at this. Oh, wow. Declan's bringing up the. Oh, this. he did this the on the show on the yesterday, and it was good. beautiful, and he was drinking. Yes, I do my best work when I have a couple seltzers in. Um, so as you see on the Wilds attempting shots, they are right there in front of the cage. Like, they are point blank. There's plenty of high area danger shots right there, and they weren't able to do it. If you look at Vancouver, there's one, and, and that goal comes from when Brock Besser literally fell down like Buzz Lightyear and just happened to throw the puck in the back of the net. They did a great job suppressing shots. The Wild had traffic in front of Markstrom all game, and Markstrom's a very good goaltender, so I'm not trying to sell him short. But classic wild. They had plenty of opportunity, couldn't finish, and Kevin Fiala's doing it, but he, we, we need like four more Kevin Fialas. Uh, heat maps are the key to my heart, by the way. I love, oh, wow. I, I love me. And a heat, heat map, map thrown yeah. up on the show like this it's by great. Declan is outstanding. So, I love the heat map. So if we talk about the playoffs in this sport in particular, what are the two things that we always talk about? We talk about goaltending, mm-hmm. and Stalock's been good. Yep. But we also talk about special teams, right? And I've got I've got the stat here that tells the story of the first three games. Yeah. The Wild wins game one, Phil Mackey, and they go two for four on the power play. And more importantly, they only go to the box once to give the Canucks a power play. 
Okay, once I think it was late in the game. Very disciplined. Stay alive. Exactly. Disciplined, smart, structured. You are. You're not the more talented team. But in game one, the Canucks didn't play well. And by the way, it helps that you were the smarter team. Yeah, just don't slash anybody. Okay, it's not that hard. Last two games. Last two games. Phil Mackey. The Vancouver Canucks on the power play are three for fourteen. Eh, not great, but three goals. Right. The Minnesota Wild is zero for thirteen in the last two games. And and we have now played three games. And the Wild so far has scored zero five on five goals. So so I mean that this telling the the story of this series is actually pretty simple. I feel like this is more probably just like a hockey point than a, a series or a or a game point. I feel like when you have a one man advantage in a professional sport, going zero for thirteen, zero for twenty six minutes is pretty bad. Like that's yeah. inexplicable, and it either speaks to how bad or unlucky you are, or just like in general how hard it is to put a puck into the back of an NHL net sometimes. But and yeah, Mark's, that, that's pretty bad. And Markstrom played well, but when you when you have they they are the officials in this tournament, for the most part, are dying to call penalties. Like, they yeah. are tripping over the, themselves. It is, make up I'll for back, last time. I'll go back <sighs> to what I said. It is a, it is clearly a league mandate, okay? So when you know, and by game three, I hope that you have deducted what the rules of engagement are going to be. When you go into game three knowing full well, okay, we're not going to get screwed on power plays, but we're all going to get a lot. You can't go 0 for 7. You just can't. Yeah. Uh, but, 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 and I uh, wrote this post game for scorenorth.com. But the gift is this the gift of if they play four games or five games, and let's say that they play tonight and lose and they're done. Billy Guerin has been given the gift of four additional games to solidify what he thought. Because if you end on March 12th, you're playing pretty well at that time. And it can sort of fool you. Hey, is Galchenyuk? You know, he's playing pretty well. We put him at center and he's playing pretty well. No. Did they need any? He's, did, he's hopeless. Did they also need, not? The, I'm not like blaming the series on Staylock in games two or three, but was there any inkling or thought going into the series? Well, maybe Staylock is the, the goalie for the next three years or something. That he's anything other than a borderline starting caliber goalie. I, I think he confirms the fact that you should be in a holding pattern with him. Just, just ride out Staylock. Mm-hmm. And if you can figure out a way to get Kapo Kakinen, their their top goalie prospect, who was the AHL goalie of the year this last year, up playing full-time by the start of next season, that'd be the goal. That also means you'd have to probably move Devin Dubnik, who was entering the last year of his contract. His value's at an all-time low. That's going to be very difficult to do. But, no, I, I think Staylock is who he is, and, and the team should figure out who they have in Kapo. And if that's not answered, then you can go maybe get, get a goalie in the summer of 2021. But do not... Do not reach for a goalie, and, and this shouldn't uh, make you want to do that more. And this is why I would have been very tempted within this series at some point to start Capo to find out. To me, this whole thing is a fact-finding mission. You're not going to win the Cup. You're not that, that good. It's quite clear. Um, you, you've got components that look really good. Fiala looks spectacular. But for the most part, your guys are who your guys are, and a lot of those guys in the next couple of years are probably going to be gone. So I just think... If you're Garen, you say, hey, look, I, I get an opportunity here for a real look-see in what is pretty high pressure, right? I, I mean, it's still the playoffs. So I get a really good look-see at a bunch of players who I probably can use that to make judgments on. And then, Phil, back to your point, too, 
Oh, we're going home. 12.5% chance at that pick. Yeah. I'll take it. And on your fact-finding mission, not that you really needed this, but Kevin Fiala, for sure, in games one and two, kind of showed you... I know we've been away for about four months, but yeah, that dude's still that dude's still a stud. Yes, sir. And uh, not that they had a bunch of questions about that going into the series. So uh, tonight uh, the series either comes to an end or it gets extended. Ryan Shooter hurt too, and I he left the bench with about seven minutes to go in the third period, and he usually does not do that. And yeah. so I I have my doubts if he is going to be what's the term now, Declan? Lower body? No, no, no. Oh. They they switch to unable to play. Oh. Um, they oh yeah yeah you can't say you can't say lower body or upper body now it is they came up with a different term now that you are oh I'm I got it unfit to play unfit to play play, which by the way is hilarious because if I was a hockey player I'd be like that's a bunch of crap it makes it sound like I'm a drunk or something I am unfit to play every Saturday morning and Sunday morning between 10 a.m. and noon (laughs) Judd's hockey show tonight late night after the game will be very interesting to see if Declan is one fit to play and how many claws Declan is in at that point it is a one of the perfect storm liquor store runs today because I'm out of everything so that means I'm out of this is like every weekend Dex. no it happens once every two to three months well, I run out of whiskey, claws, beers, bitters. So you and drink everything substance. down. And so, if, let's say you go to the liquor store tonight, you buy some whiskey, some vodka, a little old fashioned mix, drink. and some, and some seltzers. So you drink everything until you have nothing left, and then go back for a full reload. Right. I always restock claws once a week. That's normal. Okay. But the whiskey, <laughs> the whiskey usually lasts about a month for me. Usually lasts about a month. That's normal. Yeah. So I'm always story. an alcoholic with claws, yes. but I take a break from the whiskey. Yeah, the whiskey, I, I let that marinate. It's amazing. Uh, Declan's rules of life. So uh, on-air production meeting, let's let's wrap with Roycey here in the middle of the show and then clear the runway for Action Movie Rewind. So okay. we'll get Roycey here. We'll wrap. All right, Patrick, are you uh, are you are you panicking and aborting on everything positive you said about the Twins after yesterday? Well, in all seriousness, what the hell? What the hell was that? He's mad. That's well, an unnecessary loss. I get it's baseball, it, but come on, it was an unnecessary loss, and I kind of blame the uh, hitters for going into a coma there and uh, and not uh, not adding on uh, once they got rolling, and I also blame analytics. I in. 1893, the manager of the Cleveland Spiders said, guard the line yep. when a guy's on first in a one-run game. Don't let him hit a double down the line, right? Yep. It was good enough for 120 years, but it's not good enough anymore. And the guy hits a double play ball to the third baseman guarding the line, and there's nobody there, and it's a double, and you lose the game. Connie Mack would have guarded the line. Tom Kelly would have guarded the line. Guardy would have guarded the line. Uh, but we don't guard the line anymore, and that ball was, you know, that ball was hit fairly hard, but it was right at, if the third, if they're, if they're playing uh, two steps closer to the bag, it's a double play. So that's a, some, some of the old tradition. And Rocco was asked and said, we don't do that. So. We now, we now know. He said that uh, right. analytically, analytically, it doesn't work. And then, I don't know. Should he? Should he? Should they walk that guy and load the bases? That was and, my other thought too. Hope to get a double play. I'm I think. Sure. I think you probably have to in that spot because the run, the run is meaningless. Like it's not like you're trying to guard against giving up five runs. So the run is meaningless. You might as well give yourself an extra chance for a force out. 
But yeah, it give you a chance for a force out double play too. Yeah. Give you a chance for a, a double play, and uh, then you you know I think if you put the guy on, you can play back a step farther too, right? Step or two farther. Well, now were there there was nobody out, right? Was there nobody one out? out? One, one out. Okay. One out. He's, he's, Even more he's, reason to. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, what? Well, well, no outs. Yeah, then you know you got to go after him. But uh, uh, no, I think the shocker to him though was Rogers was. Uh, that Moran, who was a big high draft choice and doesn't look like much of a player, uh, I saw him in the fall league like six years ago, and they were raving about him. But, you know, he looked so bad on those first two sliders that they threw him another one, and he kind of just served it out to left field. He hung in there on it, and I think I think that shocked Rogers. He thought for sure he was going to just throw him another slider and strike him out. And then, uh, you know, then you don't guard a line, and, you know, that happens. Uh, We're done with so, Rocco now. We're just done with him. It's over. No, it's not got nothing to do with him. He's got 25 guys with analytics sheets saying don't guard a line. Yeah. But, but if you had to fire someone off yesterday's game, <laughs> who are you firing? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sergio Romo. Uh, get him out in the eighth. Then you don't have to worry about it. Why, but, why is he – look – I don't mind him, and I think he definitely has a role, and he can be pretty effective, Patrick. Um, but I think definitely could have been pitching on back-to-back days, and his stuff is so damn good right now. Why yes. wouldn't you bring him in in the eighth there? I mean, he, he would be my guy now unless I felt I couldn't pitch him. And Duffy, how many pitches did he throw uh, Wednesday? Not that many. Right? No. I think like 12, Pat. No, yeah, no, he struck out most of the guys, yeah. Yeah, well, we were talking about that the other day, how, uh, in you know, again— as recently as three, four years ago, he would have been your eighth inning guy, right? That yes. would have, that's the way they would have done it. Now they, you know, I'm not complaining. I mean, you run him in there against the middle of the order in the sixth in a one-run ball game, and he strikes everybody out. That looks pretty good. That gets you an inning closer. But yeah, it was a bad loss. But uh, hey, those crop those crop up during the marathon of a 60 game <laughs> season. <laughs> yes, they do. By the way, who did I hear talking the other day about? Uh, Somebody was talking about. Uh, I think it was my guy Timmy was saying something about in a sixty in a hundred and sixty two game season. Timmy, they uh, somebody somebody remind Timmy they shortened it up a little bit this year. That's uh, you know there's there's a hundred and two less than that unless you're Miami. Then there's a hundred and twelve less than that and uh, everybody else. So anyhow, uh, yeah, it's a it's a bad loss and set the stage. But when the day was over. I felt very Minnesota-y, didn't you? Yeah, the Wild losing a playoff I saw, game. I saw your tweet. Yes, you put Wild it perfect. Lose, Wild lose 3-0, look terrible, no <laughs> offense. And then the uh, Loons go out there, and I guess it was that home crowd advantage of uh, Orlando that uh, that uh, was the big uh, reason we got beat 3-1. to one. Don't they put virtual fans on the screen? <laughs> yeah, no, they no, they just put big screens up with fans, like, cheering. <laughs> and and But here's the thing. You know what? The Loons, they got no respect. The no, loot again. They got no respect. Nobody, nobody thought they would get this far, even though they were seated higher than the team that they played last night. Nobody ever saw them. Uh, nobody thought they would get this far. I commend Adrian Heath's relentless oh, pursuit of, of the respect, the disrespect yes. card. Just keep now, did for I read yesterday though that the intention of the MLS is to come back to their stadiums and start playing their schedule? They are working on that plan. Yes. Yes, and they, and then it. Depends upon the state you're living in, how many people they will allow to come into the games. Yes, I, well, and and but I think every sport is like the Packers just announced yesterday. We're not going to have fans for the first two games, right. but we're working on right. 
Well, if you have fans telling you that you can only get 1,500 people into a gopher football game, which is ridiculous, uh, you know, I mean, you can – you you can you can socially distance by ten yards and get more people in there than that, but if that's the the truth and you're a pro uh, franchise, there's no sense you it costs you way too much to open up the stadium, right? Yeah. To uh to even bother to have any people there. That's I a good question. The, yeah. I suppose with the Gophers, you can ask fifteen hundred contributors to tell them they can show up and watch or something. That you know, people that are uh, you know giving them money and stuff like that. So hey, Pat, here but, here's what I don't get. Why don't they? Why don't all teams try and put people in suites? Like, why don't we use the suites? That's the one thing I don't get. Because couldn't you socially distance in suites easily? Yeah, you you could. But I, I, what I'm saying, Judd, is the Twins don't want to open up that stadium for 3,000 people. You know, that's not going to make any. I, I get mean, you. Right. I mean, security and every, you know, you got to get, you got all, all the staff it requires to open up the gates and uh, do all that stuff. I just, it's not, it's not worth it. You know, it's, it's, it's not worth it to, uh to do that and uh you know how many do we know what the limit's going to be uh the vikings haven't given us any hints about anything so we don't know what they what they're planning to do so no and the twins are yeah i mean the twins limit will be sort of the the guinea pig for all of this right although the vikings technically the vikings the vikings being indoor versus are you talking about the u.s bank stadium or are you talking about okay yeah i mean technically that's an if it's indoor you probably have less of a capacity or um that yeah. More restrictions than you would at Target Field, I'm guessing. Correct. Yes, because uh, we're as we're proving in Florida, the uh, virus doesn't like the sun down there. It's just uh, you know we've, we've now surpassed uh, what <laughs> we've now surpassed countries down there. The virus in Florida not only not only does not have sun aversion, it actually has like tanning enhancer and oh, sunglasses. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah. It's laying on the beach right now being yeah, like, this is a great this place. Is great. This is great. I love Florida. Let's retire here. As a condo owner down there, I don't even be thrilled about that. But I just read, we expect the real hurricane season to be the worst. In there. There's supposed to be 11 of them before the year's over. One of them's got to show up in Naples, doesn't it? I, What's your insurance uh, like, Pat? Uh, I'm, uh, I'm insured. I'm, I'm yeah, I was okay. going to say, you know, maybe, fact, maybe it, yeah. if it wants to come by and destroy it, that's fine. With me. <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> Just write me that check. You Never go back to Florida. Me, you were with me when we had the bad one. Was it Maria? Oh yeah. Yeah. Five years ago. And I was saying on Saturday morning sports doc, call up, make an offer. Half price, right? Half of what it was. You thought it was going to leave like the your condo was going to float up here. It was going to be so bad. Yeah, then it took a right at Naples, and uh, we didn't, you know, 100-mile-an-hour winds or, you know, didn't even, you know, there was even the sport buyers didn't really get beat up at all on that one. But uh, I got my, uh, the, the gal, Claudia, who's a beauty, uh, is clean is my cleaner down there every once in a while when we leave and or when we're coming in or something and if she hears about one off the coast of Africa she's in a panic. <laughs> <laughs> she says the other day we're going to get a hurricane. Pray for me. She texted me and I said it's a. So I looked it up and I said it's on the other coast. Uh, Claudia, relax. It's not. It's not heading. Be okay. Your, uh, it's not heading for your front stoop right now. <laughs> <laughs> she's a beauty. 
So, yeah, anyway, so what uh, was wrong with our wild last night? I didn't watch all that much of it. No uh, no firepower. Huh? Uh, no power play goals in two games. In the past two, two games, no five-on-five five goals in the entire series. That's your summary. And Suter, uh, lower body, upper body, or no, or, or no information. I'm betting on no information. The new, the new mandate is, is no information, only one term, unfit to play. Really? Because then they don't want to announce they have COVID. COVID, exactly. Yeah. So he yeah. could have a broken so leg, broken arm, or COVID. Some people are proudly announcing their COVID cases, and others are uh, avoiding that. Uh, our Gophers were going to be transparent, and they haven't told us what's going on over there. I think they reported today, though, right, Gopher football? Yes, they're going to start oh. practice today, right? Three best players in the Big Ten. Chip was, I just ran into Chip. Chip was telling me three best players in the Big Ten have all said no thank you. Yep. Bateman, the receiver from Purdue, and the linebacker from Penn State. Mm-hmm. All all first-round draft choices probably are not going to play. So, I don't know. It's weird, man. It's weird. As a, as Sid asked Dave St. Peter, have you ever seen anything like this? <laughs> to which I said, Sid, you're 100, and you haven't seen anything like this. Yeah. So the odds of any of the rest of us saying yes to that question is pretty low. Uh, Pat, we will talk to you next week, sir. Have a good weekend. Have a good weekend. I'm going to Milwaukee, gents. Uh, Are you? Oh, good Tuesday and Wednesday, I'm going to go down and... Uh, the, the bride and I are taking a road trip. So, oh, nice. you're, oh, all right. Can't wait for the update on that one. Enjoy one of the most exciting drives in all of America, Minneapolis oh, to Milwaukee. Oh, yeah. Yep. All right. All right. Yeah. See you, Pat. That's uh, wrapping with Royce. My guess is, first argument, Hudson. Ooh. I'll go Baldwin. I'll go a little bit You know, bit you're probably safer. That's a probably a good bit further. That's probably a good one. And then the problem is, if you're in an argument, whoever's in the passenger seat loses cell phone reception for two hours oh, on that drive. So there's God. nothing you can do but sit there with your thoughts. Yeah, I had a and the highway. meltdown with the wife on that drive about 15 years ago. It was <laughs> not It was not good. It was, not, it was nowhere to not, go, man. No, you're nowhere just stuck hide. on 94 there, man. It's not fun. Do you think about just opening your door and rolling out <laughs> 70 miles an hour? It. It's been done before. Yeah. Not by me, but it's been done before. Oh, my God. Well, speaking of having the highway all to right. yourself. Speaking of having the how highway. About, how about that transition? All to yourself. So check it out. It's like this. Check it. I lose. Winner takes my car clean and clear. But if I win, I take the cash and I take the respect. <laughs> to some people, that's more important. Is that your car? Oh, I got See a cool air intake. It's got a mass fogger system and a T4 turbo Dominic. See an AIC controller. It has direct port and nitrous injection. Yeah, and a standalone fuel management system. Not a bad way to spend ten thousand dollars. He's got enough nitrogen nice to blow himself up. Period. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you say? Am I worthy? <laughs> we don't know yet. <laughs> but you're in. Let's go. Movie reviews with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. Get to the chopper! Yo, Dom! Why'd you bring the Buster here? Because the Buster kept me out of handcuffs! He didn't just run back to the fort! The Buster brought me back. You can have any brew you want, as long as it's a Corona. That's Vincent, so enjoy it. You. 
I live my life a quarter mile at a time. Nothing else matters, not the mortgage, not the store, not my team and all that bullshit. For those 10 seconds or less, I'm free. Gentlemen, welcome in to Action Movie Rewind. Fast and the Furious, 2001. This is Judd's first ever viewing of this early 2000s cinematic action classic. And any franchise in the Fast and the Furious so this is the franchise. first the first of the, the no, ten never or seen, however many there have never been. Never seen any point. of these until this one. Oh, I'm so excited. And we're gonna do a deep, deep dive here into this. And if you're new to the segment, we review action movies every Friday on this show on Mackie and Judd and on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Mackie Judd, where we appreciate if you would click the subscribe button if you want to see our ugly radio slash podcast faces. Uh, you can help the show by subscribing to our YouTube channel and by giving us a five-star rating on the Mackie and Judd Apple podcast feed as well. And we break down in great detail action movies, and we get recommendations from listeners every week, too. So we've got a full list stockpiled, and uh, we choose a new movie every week. And this has become the most downloaded show of the week for us the last four months. <laughs> some of it's because there's no sports, and some of it's because this is a super fun segment. Yeah. Here's the summary of The Fast and the Furious. Los Angeles street racer Dominic Toretto falls under the suspicion of the Los Angeles Police Department as a string of high-speed electronic truck robberies rocks the area. Brian O'Connor, an officer of the LAPD, joins the ranks of Toretto's highly skilled racing crew undercover to convict Toretto. However, O'Connor finds himself both enamored with this world and in love with Toretto's sister, Mia. As a rival racing crew gains strength, O'Connor must decide where his loyalty really lies. Paul Walker, rest in peace, Vin Diesel, Michelle Rodriguez, Jordana Brewster, Mm. and Ja Rule. Don't forget about Ja Rule starring in this movie. Yeah, yeah, he was. 53% on Rotten Tomatoes, $38 million budget for this movie that they turned into $207 million at the box office. The power of Vin. Vin Diesel. Let's start with Judd. What was your favorite part about The Fast and the Furious? Okay, I I had heard this, and I had forgotten it. And as I'm watching it and tweeting about the fact that I watched it on Wednesday, I got a tweet back from somebody accurately pointing this out as well. I think my favorite part is this is completely point break with cars. The surfboards are gone. It is. The cars, it's the same it exact. Is. It is It is literally, and, and if the Point Break <laughs> people didn't sue them, if the Point Break people didn't file a suit for plagiarism of some sort, they're crazy. Yeah. Um, Swayze. Vin Diesel, right? Yep. It's the same character. Hey, put a pin in this it, for the end when we do when we do villain the the, the villain okay. rankings. I I motion to reopen the case of Bodie from Point Break okay. in our rankings okay. based off this movie. Okay, but, but the most important comparison is not Vin and Swayze. It is the Keanu Reeves of the two thousands. Was Paul Walker a hundred percent? Like the yes. si- the lines yes, are dude. red the same. Yo, it's man. literally like Yo, somebody. Dude. It's li- Yo, check it. like somebody. You, man. Somebody is. is off screen with cue cards, being like, "Paul, Paul, look over here, dude. I almost had you." <laughs> and it is. <laughs> Do we he's, have that? He's Keanu. I think I might. You almost had me. Oh, I, I you never you had me. You never had your car. Oh. Granny shifting, not double clutching like you should. You're lucky that 100 shot of Nas didn't blow the welds on the intake. Almost had me. 
Now me and the math scientist got to rip apart the block and replace the piston rings you fry. Any real racer. It don't matter if you win, win by, by an inch, inch or a mile. mile. Winning's winning. <laughs> yes. It's like a happy day. Classic. The episode. Some of the quotes. Fonzie. But anyway, and, and my second favorite thing, and it's small, but I loved it. The continual reference to NOS. I need some more NOS. I need nitrous I need oxide. The continu- they like, yeah. I got to get more NOS, man. I got to get more. NOS, man. Yeah. It made me want to go put NOS in my car. <laughs> we should do so that. So that I can actually. just another, kick another, ass on 94 and get home in five minutes. Another athlete challenge. How do you think? How do you think? What, what kind of car do you drive now? Um, Actually, the old Saturn this, would have been really fun. Put oh, some Nas in that oh, 2003 Saturn. Oh, for whatever. Nas, just take <laughs> off, go right off a bridge. But anyway, I love I love the continual references to, i got to get some more Nas, man. If it, I don't have more actually, Nas. make it two. It what is, he's asking for it. It's just, I. this was so much so fun. You're right. it, it is point, it, it's point break, swapping out bank robbery for electronic mm-hmm. robbery, mm-hmm. and swapping out surfing for street racing. So they definitely went back to that But here's my question. Why did they remake Point Break a couple years back when this did a really good job, for the most part, of remaking Point Break? Well, but there's all kinds of, like, similarities. So there's movies like this all the time where I think... Avatar copied Dances with Wolves and Pocahontas. Sure. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, and I would even even argue that this movie not only parallels Point Break, it also parallels Romeo and Juliet. Oh, sure. Hear me out. Yeah. You've got... Instead of the uh, Capulets and the Mont, is it the Montagues? Capulets and Montagues, sure. something like that. Capulets, McCoys, yeah, sure. You've got the police and the racers. Yep. And Brian and Dom's sister on opposite sides, sort of coming together, right? And there's conflict and two sides competing against each other. Yep. So there's it's like Point Break meets modern Romeo, Romeo and, and Juliet, Juliet in some ways. West Side Story too. West yes. Side Story. You're exactly right. Yep. But anyway. Um, it was hilarious because the parallels to me between Keanu and and Paul are they're the same guy. They're not very good at acting. They're no. not they're not but they're really effective at getting through their lines yeah, and works. that's all you want and 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 they're good looking guys. Is yeah. it possible that Paul Walker and Vin Diesel are perhaps the two worst actors to become big stars in the 2000s? Can you can you name I got bigger star okay. slash bad actor combo? I got some serious pushback on the Twitter machine on Wednesday when when I took a picture of Vin off my TV screen and said, "Is this the Steven Seagal of the two of the aughts?" I tweeted, and I got back like three notes saying, "You know what? Did Seagal that. make that much money?" <laughs> well, uh, I think well, I, I think okay, that's a good. There's two questions off this. Who was more successful to their era, Steven Seagal? It's Vin Diesel, right? Or Vin Diesel? It might be Vin Diesel. I mean, cash. I think as far as money making franchises go, I think it's Vin Diesel, and I don't think it's yeah. close. And so then the second question off that is, who is the actual better thespian? Who's the better actor? Who who could go into Broadway? Vin Diesel and paint a picture for an audience. Vin, Vin Diesel's a better actor. He than did some. Steven he did some real movies, right? D- didn't he do like the cooler or something? Someone tweeted me about something yeah. he was in that he was was actually good. Yeah. There's not a ton of layers to his repertoire, no. but. But Seagal's, He's a better actor than Steven Seagal. I love Seagal. To be clear about my love for him is because he's so bad. And he demands that he is just the victor in every possible interaction, yes. that there's no way he could ever be on the ropes in any of his he's movies. He's one of the right? greatest punchlines of all time. Yeah. Vin Diesel is also kind of a punchline, but I think Vin Diesel's a better actor. I think he's more successful. So 
So I'd agree with that completely. Yeah, Paul Walker, another another acting classic for him. If you've seen <laughs> She's All That from 1999, oh, great film. He's sort of the he's the I've bad he's kind of the bad boy in that movie that tries to pick up Laney Boggs, and yep. he's literally playing the same character but just in high school. In this movie. He Great plays film. the same character. Declan, what was your favorite part about Fast and the Furious? All right, so, well, for, it's, it's a great film. I love this movie. I've seen it many times, like I told you at the beginning of the show. I saw us in theaters as like a nine-year-old, which is very on-brand in the Goff household to be seeing inappropriate movies at a young age. Um, Actually, before you go, sorry to interrupt, sure. what's the most inappropriate movie you saw when you were too young of an age? Uh, Wedding Crashers. I saw Wedding Crashers in theaters at age 12 with my sister. Oh, yeah, that's very very inappropriate. Um, There is a lot of bare naked ladies in the first two (laughs) minutes of that movie. Um, And also I saw Borat with my entire family. Oh, that's inappropriate. Oh, man. That That actually crosses at what what age, Dex? I wouldn't say it was necessary. uh, For Borat, I was in like seventh grade. Oh, yeah, that's inappropriate. So that's a little different. Um, But my favorite part of this movie, and I didn't really realize it until I recently rewatched it, I am in love with Mia Toretto. I, like, I saw the you reason why that. Paul Walker <laughs> is enamored by her is the exact same reason I am. She she's not like her brother. She's a little more level headed, but she's smart and and she gets under people's skin in a good way. The scene where they're washing dishes and she basically plays a Leon or I forget. I think it was Leon about like, oh, what's that favorite restaurant you always wanted to take me to? Oh, yeah. it was a cha cha cha. Yeah, take me there, Paul, at uh, 10 o'clock Friday. You free? Yeah. I, I am madly in love with Mia Toretto. I didn't really realize it until I rewatched this movie. Uh, Paul Walker, good on you, man, because that's that's my kind of woman. Stealing Declan's crush. You really crush. are. Um, it's my favorite part. So before I give you my favorite part, the most inappropriate movie I saw at too young of an age was, De- this is going to go past Declan, but I think this will land with Judd. Do you remember the Goldie Hawn, Mel Gibson movie from the early 90s, Bird on a Wire? Yeah. I think it was that. I remember as like an eight-year-old watching that movie with my aunt and my cousin thinking my mom would be not very happy if she knew I was watching <laughs> but this But Declan movie. was actually going to the theaters taken by yeah. by yeah, people like, in his family members. Yes, yeah. this is very like it's one It's one thing to, to sort of sneak in the film off HBO and like an aunt or something is there. Declan's <laughs> being driven to this. It's true. To this, um, these films, these degradations. Yeah. Uh, my favorite part about this movie is is probably this is going to sound really corny but it's it's the it's the race scenes where they're driving underneath the semi trucks. I'm just sort of enamored by like how nimble and the well I'll just say this, my favorite part are the, it's the race scenes. I love the the first race, the $2000 buy in winner take all. Now, then, then you had the, the race, race wars or or the hijacking because that's where they went below the trucks and came out on the other side. You're right. So I would say anything where they're going just like 150 clear. miles an hour, just, to be just like the action of the cars going gotcha. 150 yeah, miles an cool. hour. Um, and and I'll, and to narrow it down, the first race specifically where it's a two thousand dollar buy in, winner take all. There's four of them. Ja Rule's one of the racers ja in this Rule. scene. So Paul Walker doesn't have the cash, but he's got the title to his car that he puts up. And he says he just wants the respect. It's worth more than the cash. Which turns out to be the title to a police-owned car. Thanks a lot, Paul Walker. That is correct. Yes. And then after it was over, it was it? I think it was right before the race was another one of my favorite <laughs> quotes from the movie where Vin Diesel says, it's not how you stand by your car, it's how you race your car. Yes. Which is a great life lesson for anybody and a great metaphor to carry over. Have you guys ever seen two people in law enforcement who are less dedicated to their jobs than than Keanu 
and Walker. <laughs> because, I mean, they're both willing to, like, walk away at the drop of that. Yes. I'm, I'm a cop. I'm, I'm just a cop, okay? <laughs> it's like, no, you're undercover, you idiot. They both help the villain get away yes. at the end of the and movie. And Keanu right? just throws his badge in, Aust- in Australia, suppose. I mean, yeah, they, these guys yeah. like, wait, you spent all of these years training for this. You're in. You're now involved, and at the end, you're like, ah, eh, whatever, screw it, screw it. I'm just. Gonna I'm going to go work this. at a laundromat. <laughs> I'm going to go surf and rob banks yes. with these guys. It'll yes, be great. Exactly. But the other, my other favorite part about that first race scene was Ja Rule is revving up and getting ready, and that gal comes over to the side of his car. Grabs Ja Rule's hand, puts it on her bare boob, yes. and says, if you win, you can have all of this. And her standing over there. Like and, this she other gives gal. Him, and she gives Ja Rule a little wave, and then he doesn't win. Sonica! And she takes the rug out from the whole thing yeah. and says, I don't even know you. Yeah, her name was Monica, and at one point, it was I think it was Paul Walker that hit the Nas shot and zooms by Ja Rule. And Ja Rule goes, Monica! So good, so good. Oh, All so right, least favorite part. Least favorite part about Fast and the Furious. Okay, so this is simple. This is very, very simple for me. Why didn't they kill Vince? Vince is the annoying friend who oh. hates O'Connor the entire time, and and he is hanging by a thread when the last attempt to rob that truck goes wrong because the trucker has taken matters into his own hands and Tucker, has a shotgun. Tucker pulled a shotgun, yeah. Uh, it would have been so simple to blow him away. And I would have taken so much pleasure in if he had gotten hit by the shotgun bullet and that he had fallen off the truck and the truck had run over his lifeless body because the character sucked. He's the typical yeah, jealous but, of everything. But, but he was a mechanism. I wanted him to dead. Show, right, but he was a mechanism to show... Well, I think he did die. I don't think he... Like, he got, no, he got they, airlifted, they airlift him and they never make it clear. Is he in they, the next movie? Well, the next two movies are off, like they're standoffs. Don't spoil this for me, Doc. Yeah, you're good. You're good. The next two Fast and the Furious movies, Too Fast, Too Furious, and Tokyo Drip, have nothing to do with this plot story. <laughs> Got it. Okay. They revisit it back in like 2008 with the fourth one. Oh, Got they it. come okay. back to it. So anyway, yes. but anyway. And I don't know. You know, the whole thing is, the whole film, because this guy is just such a dick, this is, all right, this is, is leading up to Vince's death, and then they don't kill Vince, and then they kill the mechanic guy who's this just basically non-character character. No, but he, but this is your blind spot in these movies, yeah. okay? You hate character development. Yes. And this guy wasn't just like a throwaway character. This guy was meant as this terrible human being mm-hmm. to highlight that Paul Walker is a good human that mm-hmm. can put that stuff aside and will still save him despite how horribly he's been treated by okay, him. But it's a, it's a Paul Walker character elevator is I what get, it is. I get that, but let's do this. Let's kill Vince like they should have and, and then go and let's have Michelle Rodriguez, who whose car flipped, let's have her be in dire straits because she's Vin Diesel's girlfriend and let's have Paul Walker help save her because she annoyed me, but she didn't have to die. The Vince character, look, if you're going to do this right, you got to kill people. And and go back to Point Break, right? See in hell, Johnny. He's dead. You know he's dying, man. And then they show him when they push him out of the plane on the desert, dead as a doornail, and you're ecstatic by that, okay? I needed that from Vince. See in hell, Johnny moment. Okay. All right. I, I'm I just, just trying I, I, to I, help I, out. Okay. I don't know if this movie, like, I think this movie was pretty iconic without, like, yeah. an extra right, thing, but, though. But I want more death, and that guy could have been <laughs> shot and run over. That's fair. And the fight scenes, too. The car scenes are great. The fight scenes, I'd like a little more violence that I get to see. 
I didn't see quite enough blood, and, and they choreographed them really well, but that means that they basically just choreographed it so quick that they didn't show stuff. I'd like a little more blood and guts and gore from that, okay. too. Declan, what was your least favorite part? Okay, I'm going to piggyback this? a little bit off Judd and say Jesse's death was, like, one of my least favorite parts, not just because, like, he was removed from the movie and he died. Like, all right, so he loses the race. He goes AWOL because he, like, Really oh, tough day for that guy. Yeah, real tough day. Loses his car. Dad hated him. He, he, he's a, yeah, he's, he's a great mind. He's the brains, basically, behind the entire operation with Toretto. Amen, brother. And then he gets just blown to smithereens by, by those two dudes on the bike. And, like, you know, they're all caring for him. They basically know he's dead. But then they just run off, and they don't address what happens. Like, <laughs> like it's just, all right, Jesse's dead, and we're now going to wrap up the movie. Like, it, it, I had a little bit of a clunker with that scene. I didn't, I didn't really like yeah, that. Actually, if you have OCD, if you go back and watch this movie from, like, an OCD standpoint, there's so many wide-open logistical ends. Like, that's one of them. Another one is when Paul Walker shoots... I think it was one of the Asian biker gang guys. He kills him. And so that guy is dead under some bridge, and there's a bunch of cars around. Yeah. And Paul Walker's a cop. Yeah. And so I'm thinking, and then Paul Walker like realizes, no, I got to I got to keep going. So he just yells to the guy in the car. He goes, call, call 911. Call 911. Because so I got to go drag people, race. All of, the, right, <laughs> go drag race. all of those people think that someone, like a, a citizen, just murdered another citizen. Yes. But really it was a cop who was investigating a stolen merchant or but, electronics ring. But, but his whole thing was to go to go get Vin Diesel's character. So you thought that he was going to apprehend him. No, he just drag races him. Correct. While this guy is dead that he killed. That is correct. And yes. again, and again, there's nobody who comes in and says, <laughs> oh, we're going to need a report from that, Brian O'Connor. You know, you're a cop. You're going to have to file a report because you blew a man away on the street. Boy, the, the, uh, and the Asian biker gang, ruthless. That oh, yeah. one scene where, so they shoot up Brian's car uh, halfway through the movie. Mm-hmm. But then there's that scene where they put some sort of oil nozzle oh, in that God. mechanic's mouth and yeah. start pouring oil down his throat and try to get answers out of, you know, how did they find us, et cetera. Yeah. That was brutal. Yeah. I don't know how that guy could still be conscious after, like, yeah, swallowing a gallon dead. of oil. I but. sort of enjoyed that scene. Of course you did. That's the difference between all of us. Yeah. I sort of enjoyed that one. That was the type. How many times have you wanted to do that to Kirk Cousins? <laughs> I never. Here's what I liked about that scene. I've never thought about oil before. Like, it was. I mean, it, it would be effective. You die. I think you Oh, would you die. probably would die. You probably would die. But yeah, I'm just saying. super hot, too. But I'm just saying, like, I thought that they were going to shoot him and stuff. And I'm like, well, that's not going to be all that satisfying if they shoot him. But the oil in the mouth, pretty yeah, effective. A very clever on-brand way to kill somebody. I see. Now, that, that oh. kudos to the folks at the and Fast and Furious. My second least favorite part, too, is, like, why, why are we stealing VHS players? Why is it VHS? DVD players, too. And, and yeah, the dual DHS. <laughs> DVD VHS players like why not like steal car parts why not steal Nas why not steal something that would make more sense that you should be stealing as a mechanic not the side hustle of stealing DVD players also what the to, hell to Declan's point it would be a lot less suspicious if you had just like a stack of car parts that were right. stolen in your garage than like DVDs yeah DVD players right I think it's, but wait, in 2001, th- those were probably pretty expensive still, right? Oh, yeah. Super, and so it got yeah. them enough then to buy their car parts. And plus, I, I think, oh, now, okay. now I have never in my life watched this many films critically and tried to read through and like, and like paid attention closely, but I do now. I think the side hustle was they didn't want to be doing something involved with cars because that was their that was their lives. That makes sense. And they were trying to steal. Now the weird thing now the weird thing now is those players are 
probably ex- sort of expensive. I mean, they're, or they're just not. I don't know. But in 2001, it probably made you a lot, much like a group of surfers who robbed banks. That's that. But the robbing of the banks, okay, what's the riskier endeavor, robbing a bank or attempting to stop an 80-mile-an-hour semi by putting some sort of Ro- like device through the windshield. Robbing a bank is realistic. I think fa- the Fast and the Furious is not, but I mean that's clearly more dangerous when you're shooting into a moving truck and trying to strap yourself to yeah. the start. Also, too, on the truck fact, so those guys at the, in the end scene when we got to see the whole thing play out. Yes. It was a struggle. It's not always going to be easy when you're trying to stop a truck driver. Like not all of them are going to have shotguns, but you know, like it's it's probably going to take a couple of miles. But the truckers were prepared by then, and they kept saying that they're sure. going, they're, the truckers are going to take this into their own hands. Damn and it. they did by the end, right? And my question is, and they I know that they were scouting out the more high trafficked freeways versus the less trafficked ones, but yes. you're in the middle of the day, and this is Los Angeles area. It's or it's between it's in the desert between L.A. and Phoenix is yeah. was where I believe that last. Uh, Chase took place. Mm-hmm. There's no other cars on either side of the freeway. You're telling me like a, there's no other cars, <laughs> and b, if there were other cars, they wouldn't suspiciously look over and be like, oh, why are there, f- why are there four cars surrounding that semi? Why is everyone going well, 120 miles an hour? And there's a guy hanging off the front of it. The that fir- doesn't make sense. The first scene at night made sense because it's late at night, sure, and so there wouldn't be more cars. But to what you're saying. It's weird, but but the other thing I loved was the parallel between Point Break and that last scene is is in Point Break. We never go in the safe, man. We never go in the safe. Go in the safe th- this time, right? Don't when, get greedy. When when Vin is about to pull that last heist, um, his partner says, "I got a bad fe- feeling about this," and Vin says, "Don't give me that. We're doing this. We're going to be a- on a." Beach on vacation, right? Yeah, going for it all. So it's the same thing. It's the same thing as this is not a good idea, man. Don't go in that safe. Same movie. Do it. Yeah. It is. It's it's just it's the the writing just basically took the point break formula and said, What did they do? Okay, we're going to have our drivers have trepidation about this. Yeah. All right. My least favorite part about Fast and the Furious is that this movie spawned an entire generation of douchey idiots who put spoilers <laughs> yes. and rims on Honda Civics. Yes, and Toyotas. 20 years later. Why yeah. Why was that the car of choice, by the way, if I, I do not know this? I don't know why it was the car of choice in the movie. That's what I'm asking, yeah. But I know why it's the car of choice now, because like anyone who could afford to buy a higher-end vehicle wouldn't feel the need to also peacock and put mm-hmm. a spoiler on it sure. or some 18-inch rims. So what happens is people buy like those mid-level cars. They buy a Civic, which is like more affordable for the everyman. Yep. And then to make themselves look richer or cooler or to overproject their toxic masculinity, <laughs> they buy a spoiler and put rims on it. And really, they just look insecure and ridiculous. Right. That and and it peaked like right 2001. I got my driver's license in 2001. One of my best friends in high school, who didn't have money or anything, like his family, like well, they weren't well off, but like they whatever, they were a middle class family. He gets a Honda Civic, puts a spoiler, and puts like blue track riding on uh, track lighting on the interior. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, I knew it was douchey when I was a junior in high school. Okay. What are you doing? Don't we're, overproject. We're you in still Buffalo, see Minnesota these. here. Look Correct. around us. Yes. yes. So, but you guys have seen those, right? It's like a oh, it's yeah. a tricked out Honda Civic. Like, what do you? I also what think, are you doing? from what I remember too, talking to car friends, Honda Civics are really easy to also like take apart and modify. So, like, it, mm. it's it's not 
it, it's gotcha. like it's, it, it's very easy to do. So and they're cheap and they're affordable. Like they can Phil be said, tricked up pretty. You can be easily. tricked up pretty easily. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. Okay. That that always makes sense. Then I didn't yeah. get that. Okay. So many other things to dive into here, and I want to start with this question uh, that that occurred to me during race wars when they're so they're in Arizona and they're going they're just Lots pairing of off, they're yeah. pairing off, they're pairing off. So most of these drivers are at least somewhat seasoned. I would say, yeah, somewhat seasoned, experienced racers, right? Yes. Like illegal racers. So why would anyone even enter this competition or any street competition without Nas? Why, why, why was it so shocking to some of these drivers that didn't have Nas? Oh, my God. Like, I'm winning the race. Like that one guy. Who <laughs> Too soon, Junior. Yeah. Well, and they both had Nas in that yeah. instance. Yeah. But there was one where the, like, the guy oh, that's right. offers up two grand against Michelle Rodriguez. Yep. And doesn't have Nas in his car. And has no idea but that she, she has Nas, but everyone else knows about Nas. How does like so? How do some of those drivers not know about Nas? Why no would you idea. enter the race? Why would you put up two thousand dollars in cash without knowing all of the parameters? And then the best of part, this race. the best part is when when people who would race without Nas would take a lead and be like, "I got this, yeah. I got this," and then inevitably the person with Nas would say, "See you later." <laughs> and, <laughs> and that would be just, I don't know. It was just so much fun. I didn't care. What's the fastest you guys have ever dro- driven a car in your lives? 110. Ooh. 110 Ooh. on, actually, That's from br- home in Milwaukee on 94. 110 in my 98 Chevy See, I feel Malibu. like cops hang out on I, that stretch. I, it was a ballsy move. Did your car shake? Oh, yeah. At 110, was, it had to be really shaking. Oh, yeah, it was. I was on cruise, and for like 15 to 20 miles oh, on my, cruise control Oh, my God. Wow. Like oh, probably, I can't challenge that. Probably a little past the Dells. So, yeah, it was it was an interesting decision. Judley? Oh, I've only, I've probably got, I've gotten to 90 for sure. Maybe a little bit more. Um, I have never, I don't think I've ever seen above like 95. So, yeah, no, I, I, I would get freaked out. And the majority of my cars would just start to shake so badly <laughs> that I wouldn't do it. So as a, But I didn't have Nas, so. As, right. Well, now, like, now I might have Nas. Can you just like? Can you just buy tanks of Nas on the internet? You probably can. <laughs> is it, I is love, it's the internet. I love yeah. that the energy drink Nas was basically brought into existence because of this because, movie. Yeah. You see, I'm learning so much about what happened in pop, pop culture back in 2001 because <laughs> right. of the Fast and the Furious. <laughs> yeah. So I have as as a as a legal adult, 18 plus. I have really never driven. Like, I've probably. You know, 85, 90. I was in South Dakota a couple weeks ago, and it's eight, speed limit's 80. So I was I was going like 92 miles an hour on 80 speed limit, which is less egregious than in Minnesota where the limits are like 70. Um, but twice in high school with my 1992 Camry. So this oh, would have yeah. been 2001, 2002, right around Fast and the Furious time. Once was in South Dakota for a baseball tournament. A bunch of us piled in and went to Brookings. We hit the 80 speed limit, and I went. It was a straight highway. Everyone who's who's been that direction knows. And definitely went over 100 on that stretch. And one time on the back roads of Buffalo, Minnesota. Oh, boy. County Road 33 or something like that. And the speed limits are 55 or 60. But there's just straight stretches with no cars half the time. And I remember thinking to myself, Recently, after watching this movie, I wonder what it feels like to drive 100 miles an hour. It would be so much fun to see what it feels like to drive 100 miles an hour. Now, the 92 Camry was shaking, and yeah, it was see, not I, comfortable. Yeah, it's not. But I took it up on a county road. I took it up to like 105 miles an hour. And here's the best part. as I was, So I was at, at peak, I was 105 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. But, but then I got to a curve of some kind, so I had slowed it down to like 75 or 80. 
and a cop comes around the opposite way, like where he was, oh. he was coming the opposite direction. And instead of pulling me over, I don't know if he was lazy or like getting off his shift, he just gave me the thumbs down out of the window Bring to, it down. to slow down. Yeah. What he didn't know is, like, he thought I was speeding then. I was going, like, 25 miles an hour faster you were on the straightaway leading up to the corner. You were, you were slowing it down, idiot. baby. And I remember thinking in that moment, I don't know if I have to do this again. That was that was great. I felt what it was like to go 100-plus miles an hour in a Toyota Camry. I don't know if I need that type of rush again. I'm good with that. I, I will say, uh, from my friends at Luther Brookdale Toyota with my RAV4, the sport mode Eek versus eco mode. I recently just discovered this after like a month in my car. Sport mode. You want to merge on a freeway with sport mode on? Go a for lot it. All. Of fun. I've never touched Do the it. sport mode. Do it. You just you just hit the button and yep, go. Just, you, yeah, you just hit sport. So mode. it's like Nas. Monica. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. So it's like Nas. Nas. <laughs> so you got Nas in your car. <laughs> You're going down the highway. Yeah, hit, hit sport mode. <laughs> you merge on the 394 this afternoon on your way home, Phil. Hit sport mode. See what happens. No, I'm sport I'm very mode excited. now. Very excited. <laughs> um, another thing that stood out to me is the soundtrack of this movie that featured not only Ja Rule but also Limp Biscuit a couple times. Yep. I forgot Limp Biscuit in the early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s was ridiculously popular. Oh, yeah. And fit, I thought, fit very well for the type of movie that this is. <laughs> Just keep rolling, 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 rolling. One of the most popular bad bands in the history of music, Easily. probably. Easily. Yeah. Uh, what the else? The music for you guys? was good. Um, I loved I loved the fact that they wrote in a, a Keanu and or Seagal like scene for Vin. Diesel when he is uh, when he is talking about how his dad died. Yeah, and the car he and the car that of course he drove at the end. The car he won't drive because it scares the hell out, out of me or something like that. And he went on and on and on about how this car and he watched his dad. He watched his dad die racing, and he remembers as a child hearing his father scream. But it turns out that those were his own screams, not his father. But it's just great that in the midst of this film, which, which is just this fun, frolicking, you know, racing, violent at times film, that it's pretty clear that Vin said, I'd like a scene. Give me a scene here. I need to, they need to flex my acting I muscles need, here. And they, gave they, him a, the and they gave him that scene. <laughs> uh, this car scares me, man. And, it's just I I always love when that character gets that scene right because it's like okay I get it it's their big moment it fits man. in but it's just so funny because it's like you know and featuring the acting of Vin yeah. Diesel and, and Vin Diesel is a better actor than yes. Paul Walker yes he is was let's go back to Paul Walker's acting skills for a second God, was God rest his soul yeah man was it distractingly bad was like how would you characterize Paul Walker's acting skills. If I hadn't seen films like that before, it would have distracted me. But instead, I embraced it. Okay. Because because he's an attractive man, eye candy, absolutely. Oh, yeah. And you know what? It doesn't annoy me as much now when I know that the guy can't act, and it's very clear that the direction is read the cue cards. They're going to be slightly off screen, off camera, just read them. Uh, so if I hadn't seen the point breaks of, of the world, I would probably be like, yeah, you know, I really that couldn't you couldn't you improve on that guy? But in retrospect, having seen those films, it didn't bug me, and I sort of embraced the thespian work of Paul Walker. Listen to me, me, I'm a cop. What is this? Ever since the first time I met you, I've been undercover. I'm a cop. Oh, you bastard. Mia! Get off of me, Brian! Mia, listen to me! Everything I ever said I felt about you was real. I swear to God, you 
that. Believe me, Mia, but right now, this isn't about you and me. Your brother's out there, he's about to pull a job, and we're running out of time. Those truckers, they're not laying down anymore, and you know what? Maybe they'll make it through tonight, but every single law enforcement agency in California is coming down on them. If you don't want anything to happen to your brother, to Letty, to Leon, to Vince, you have to just get in that car with me right now. You have to help me. Mia, you are the only person that can help me right now. Also, I almost feel like the producers and the director were like... All right, we just did 15 takes there. It's, we'll find one. Then let's just put some pulsating techno music behind it. Yeah, just to drown exactly. It all let's in. exactly right. Yeah, and she can. Yeah, this is Officer Brian O'Connor. I'm off duty MAPD. I need a life flight rollout right away. My 20 is a Highway 86 mile marker 147. I got one trauma victim, about 24 years of age, six foot, maybe 200 pounds. He's got real deep laceration to his right arm with arterial bleeding. And he's got a, a shotgun wound close range to his left leg. Yeah. Yeah, he's going into shock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a mile marker 18. Yeah. That's not what I had in mind. You know what you're doing? I owe you a 10 second car. For a sequel at the end there. He ain't coming back. It just took seven years to remake that sequel. That's really interesting. So they did They did come back to that whole thing. Did, did they, so like, Dex, yeah. in the second one, did they even acknowledge the first one then? No. And what really. it transpired between them? Actually, so the, the best part is, and maybe we, we can add it to the list, it is my turn to pick. I actually, ha- I've seen this one, I've seen Too Fast, Too Furious, and I've seen Tokyo Drift. So Too Fast, Too Furious, and Tokyo Drifts are one-offs. And then they pick up the story back again for the fourth Fast and the Furious, which I believe was released in like 08. Uh, but, but, but Vin was in all the franchises or no? No. So Vin and, and, and Mia and Letty, all, they are not in the next two movies at okay, all. Okay, The thank second you. one is, is... Paul Walker still a cop in the second one without Vin Diesel? Yes. He recruits okay. the help of his buddy Tyree Gibson. Got it. And and then they go off and do their own thing. And Tokyo Drift has no Paul. It's like known as the worst Fast and the Furious. It's like Bow Wow and some it, other one. It's it, Rocky Five. Yeah, basically. it's yeah, it's okay. Rocky Five. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. Um, wow, this is this is a Mona Lisa of action movie rewinds right so now. So Walker, so Walker was in the second one. Diesel wasn't, despite the fact that it's very clear that if there was a sort of a marquee name to the franchise, it right. would have been Vin. But obviously, they so did the, and and I did, the, the Rock has become like a, a face yeah. of this franchise too. And and down the Wikipedia rabbit hole <laughs> this is that I did yesterday. So yeah, he was supposed to be like Vin was supposed to be in the second and third one, but he left to go do Chronicles of Riddick, which is oh. like one of the worst films ever. And then I know he also did a Triple X around that time, which is yeah. basically Fast and the Furious. It uh, is, just pretty much. With him being a double the agent. Okay. Me too. Yeah. So, so, yeah. So, eventually they get picked back up and, and they resume it. So. Gotcha. It's great. Let's pick it back up again. All right. Um, your favorite character in this movie? My, mine's me. I already admitted my That's true. insane Declan, love. She has more than my heart. Yeah, I, I'm very much in love with her. You know what? I am going to say because I, I've embraced the acting being bad that – <clears throat> that detective or officer Brian O'Connor is my favorite because yeah. Paul Walker. I've grown to love that guy in this film. Like I've grown to. So I mean, Vin is fine, but 
Phil, you're sort of right. He's not like uh, he's not a he's not bad. I mean, he plays his role actually pretty well, and it seems like he's got his head around his lines. Um, he is funny to look at, but I would say Walker is my favorite character just because the whole Keanu thing is is something that I embrace. Sure. I'm going to go with Ja Rule as my favorite just for his brilliance in the two scenes that he's in and for uh, he is great. Almost, almost getting Monica. Almost God. getting Monica. You didn't end. win. You did, you? Yeah, and then she walks away, too. Oh, so, took her friend with her. Okay, definitive bad guy rankings here, and this is where I motion that we now that we have a feel, we've done 19 of these action movie rewinds, and I think in the early stages we were still kind of feeling our way around, like, what's what's the criteria for the rankings? And the way that we've sort of settled into ranking these bad guys is really like their level of how good were they as characters and how iconic were they too, right? Yeah. Sure. And I think what we did with Bodie, so right now Bodie from Point Break is fourth from the bottom because we kind of said, well, he wasn't really that, you kind of rooted for him. He wasn't a bad guy. Yep. Yeah. I think that's the wrong way to look at it. Okay. He was the bad guy in the movie and he was excellent in his role in the movie and he's iconic. And so you grew to like him. Yes. And so I think we punished him for things that now if we could go back like 19 action movies later, I would motion to move Bodie from Point Break up above Bennett from Commando, up above Richie from Out for Justice, up above Chong Lee from Bloodsport, up toward the middle. I think he's I think he should be slightly above the aliens from Independence Day and the corrupt senator from Hard to Kill. Sure. All right. Yep. I'm going to put him in the in the sort of actually I think he should be above the rogue CIA agent from The Expendables too. I think he's just more iconic. So who is the bad guy for Fast and the Furious? Then who is the definitive? Is it Dom? It's Vin Dom. Di- okay. Yeah. Because I had this cool, like, yep. right when we started. Vin Diesel the, is is the exact same as Swayze. Before we started the movie, I remember thinking that I was like, "Well, wait a minute. Who? I've seen this before." So yeah. I was like, who is? The he's robbing trucks, man. He's yes. he's the guy in okay. charge of the, the uh, truck heists. All right, it's Dom. So what do you guys? So right now the rankings are the number one bad guy to this point is Hans Gruber from Die Hard. Number two is Cyrus the Virus from Con Air. Number three is Brad Wesley from Roadhouse. Number four is Mr. Joshua from Lethal Weapon. Number five is Yvonne Drago from Rocky Four. Then we get Dennis Hopper from Speed, Bodie from Point Break, and then et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I would put Vin um, Dom right by Bodie. I, I think it's the same exact yeah. thing. And and down to the, the fact that in some way, shape, or form, at the end of each film, they're basically a- allowed to go. Now, I think we all think that Bodie dies going off surfing but I would put um, I would put Dom and Bodie basically side by side I think I put them one notch above Bodie one notch above Bodie so I haven't seen point break well, I put them one notch below if I had to choose. now clearly it's basically the same movie as fast and the furious so maybe I don't have to see it uh, but uh, I would probably say that's probably correct just because I, I definitely can't put him above any of the other bad guys that are ahead of him so I I, I will defer to you guys you know that's okay. all right here's the thing Patrick Swayze is more iconic than Vin Diesel yes so that's the tiebreaker Patrick Swayze and Bodie is more originated that Diesel. character that's true that's Dom a good point. followed it that's a good point and Declan you you as an assignment have to see you do now point break I mean I'm yep. serious you can't do this exercise with that would be like like teaching a Shakespeare class and being like, but I haven't read a bunch of Shakespeare, okay? Yeah. You got to see, you have to see this movie. Yeah, we'll devote a side segment to it on the show at some point in the next couple weeks. Like, now that you've seen this movie, you have to see the original Fast and the Furious, which is Point Break. All right. All right, and that brings us to the 1 through 10 Seagal ranking system here. The top movies that we have ranked to this point in Action Movie Rewind are Die Hard, 
with a 10 score, 1 through 10. It was the only perfect movie. It was good. Commando at 9.2. The Expendables at 8.8. Roadhouse at 8.5. Hard to Kill also at 8.5. Yes. And then the top 10 is rounded up by Rocky IV, Independence Day, Point Break, Lethal Weapon, and Casino Royale, the first James Bond movie in Judd's repertoire. So, Judd, how many Seagulls are you giving The Fast and the Furious, 1 through 10? I really enjoyed this film. It, it had a, a lot of components that made it um, a cartoon and crappy, but not crappy, if that <laughs> yeah. makes sense. I'm going to give this 8. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it 8. It's not a 10, and, and I, could, I could be talked into a 9, but I think it's very fair to land on an 8 because they did a lot right. Are we allowed to have decimal scales? Into this? Or is it just is it hard rational numbers? Nope. Do whatever okay. you want. Yeah. Uh, I, I would give this an eight and a half. Um it, it it's definitely not a nine or a ten because it doesn't really fit, I think, our cheesy action. I mean, there is some cheesy action involved. Wait, you don't think this is a cheesy action movie? It is a cheesy action oh, film. It's completely <laughs> cheesy, but that's what makes it good. But cheesy in its own regard and cheesy for so it, it fits well for two thousand one. So yes, it is it is definitely cheesy. So I would say an eight and a half. The the lack of like I know Dom is the bad guy, but the lack of the true like antagonist does I think hurt it from being a perfect ten. But it's I, it's one of my favorite movies, so I'm gonna have to go eight and a half. Boys, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna disagree with both of you. It's a ten. Oh wow! This is a ten for me. Oh my god! It's you're equally you're it's there. There's action to the gills. There's cheese and corniness to the gills. And in the end, now that you go twenty years after the fact, as weird as it is to say this, Paul Walker and Vin Diesel are two of the more iconic action figure actors of that generation. So. I'm giving it a ten. Like I, I, I'm struggling to see where this movie really whiffs in the criteria that that we have set up. So the fast not enough death for me. For me, I want more death. I want more gruesome on-screen death. I, I need the I need the true antagonist, and I just don't get. I don't feel but that with Dom. Then yeah, no, I just don't. No, he's not. That. All right, so he's right. sort of a sad character. His dad died, burned right. up. So with that, Die Hard remains our top movie, followed by Commando, and then a tie between Expendables and The Fast and the Furious with Roadhouse and Hard to Kill tied for the fifth spot. Roadhouse. So there it is. All right, I believe it's Declan Goff's turn to choose next week's action movie. What do we got? All right, uh, this was submitted by a listener, and I haven't seen it. I suggested it like a month ago during my last try. We're going John Wick. We're going to do John Wick. Okay. We haven't seen it. Um, I think we're back on brand a little bit. Have you seen it, Judd? I have seen parts of John Wick films on television, but yeah. I have never sat down and watched an, an entire one, and I don't know that I've seen the original. And my God, it's Keanu. Yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm just so happy right so, now. Yes, indeed. I'm very Good excited choice, to watch John Wick, and I'm pretty sure it is in, even under the two-hour limit. So I, I think Jonathan uh, Harrison loved John Wick. Absolutely loved. He he always told me you got to watch John Wick. So maybe we maybe we we'll see if Jonathan wants to come on for a few minutes to give his review as part of. Part of the show. Okay. Absolutely. Next week. Absolutely. All right. There it is. Action Movie Rewind. And we appreciate everyone for making this the most downloaded episode every week of Mackie and Judd. We're going to keep pumping these out even though sports are back. And we will see you next Monday on the show. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup. So you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy 5 or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone.